Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. With TR playoff edition, which just means tales with TR. This episode 101A, we've moved on from that century mark, that measly little century mark. Onward and upward, we'll be going right to episode number 12,060. I'll be 85 years old, falling off a bar stool somewhere, telling people how I used to play, showing them my hockey cards that don't match my face anymore. By that part, I'll, by that time, I'll be half robot. Get a little tune up. Probably still be playing senior hockey. Welcome. Before we start today, shout out to for I, I can't remember all these dedications when people die and, and pass on and some I feel you know obligated to, to speak about I remember talking about Brad Caravan from Mount Pearl but Paul Pope is a legend around here I can't remember honestly if I spoke of him in, in recent uh, episodes 
but he passed away about a month ago, I guess. And he's a big film legend here. And he gave me some opportunities, not the least of which was Hudson and Rex. Our hockey episode last summer was a bit of fun. Had all the boys down. Some of my buddies, Marcus Power, one of the growlers who I'm going to watch tonight, hammers me into the boards for a split uh, second in the episode. But it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, if you look close enough, you'll pick us out in the dressing room. Paul was a great person. I mean, it goes beyond that. <clears throat> he, he was creative. I mean, great person is so vague and, and gen. It's such a generalization. I mean, he's, you, he was creative in that he, you know, Hudson and Rex, I believe, was his idea. But, you know, Paul was in his 60s. He's been creative his whole life and he's creepy because he has been successful at different points. He's opened the doors for other people. So it, it was generosity. I mean, great person. Uh, you'd say that about a lot of people. He really was a generous person, uh, creative knack that, uh, you know, uh, uh, an innovator paved the way for a lot, gave people like me a chance when we probably shouldn't have gotten one realistically in, in that world. And, uh, like I said, we start shooting Hudson and Rex there in, in, in a week or two. And, uh, you know, as Paul's idea, was, he's the creator. So rest in peace. And, of course, Guy Lafleur. And I, did I speak about him if I didn't? Because um, I do these interviews, right? I was on with Ryan Rashog and Struds this morning and, and yesterday. And I do, I try to do whatever podcasts I can. So I can't remember what I said on here and what I said on other shows. But Guy Lafleur was real nice to me. I came across him uh, a half dozen times if I came across him once. You know, those people were around the room. Uh, you probably wouldn't believe it, but back in the day when I was in Montreal and as a kid, <clears throat> I was uh, pretty shy. I, I mean, I'd speak my mind, but I, I spoke when, when, when spoken to kind of thing. You know, I mean, for good reason. It's the Montreal Canadiens, first of all, and I'm a kid. It's the NHL, but it's the Canadians and those guys, you know, more so than any other team I've had a chance, maybe the leaps, um, that, that, you know, the alumni hangs around and, and you go to the alumni room and you would see Guy Lafleur in there all the time. Uh, you know, that's where I met John Beliveau. Um, I still take advantage of the alumni room when I'm in Montreal. They're, they're real good like that. You don't have to be a legend, but it's kind of intimidating, right? You know, you go in and play, uh, a few games, <clears throat> parts of a few seasons. You know, there's guys with 200 games in the NHL for Montreal that probably feel a little intimidated in a room with someone with, you know, if Cornway was my, Yvonne Cornway was my assistant coach, he's got like 10 Stanley Cups or something, you know, like something crazy like that. But anyway, Guy Lafleur. So he was, he was real nice. He always seemed like really down to earth. Like he had a way of making me forget he was Guy Lafleur because people also forget how unbelievable that that player was. Look back. Um, just, you know, from Montreal too, right? Like a, 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 a Quebecois starring for the Habs with his free flowing style and hair. And he was an innovator as well. And Art Ross, Hart trophies, like you forget that, you know, you look back and you see these names, but really do a dive if you haven't already. And uh, check out some of those highlights. And, you know, you pass it off sometimes because it's a wood stick and, you know, people are, aren't as fast or whatever. But that was the tools that were given. The human race didn't change. 
it's not like we go back far enough and, you know, they all sucked. Or if we went back to Roman times, all the gladiators would, wouldn't be able to lift a shoe, right? It's just the, the equipment and the preparation changes. But I have no, absolutely no doubt Wayne Gretzky would still be Wayne Gretzky. And Guy Lafleur would still be Guy Lafleur amongst his peers, amongst relative terms. Guy Lafleur was the best for a, a large part for, for portion of his career. And the way he handled himself was legendary. And, you know, he uh, famously smoked and, the, and he, but, but still got away with it. And there's something Paul Bunyan like about that. You know, there's something, I don't care what you say, if you're a human and, and, and you see someone defying the odds in just making the NHL and, and scoring and doing whatever they can. And then with, with the, the kind of style, if, if it's stylish, then it really holds up. It almost gives them a, a little bit more pizzazz. You know what I mean? Like Lafleur skating around was Guy Lafleur. His hair was flowing. He's the man. And uh, he somehow, he was one of those guys that made smoking look cool. You know, um, uh, and I know it's not those if there are any mothers out there listening. I don't want to get an email, but it, he did, though. He made it look really, you know, he's going to have a dart. He's Gila Fleur going to go in. He's going to the way I, he smoked, at least. Look at some of the old videos and things was graceful, like he did. Everything was graceful, right? Like he played graceful. He spoke gracefully. Uh, anyway. So I met him a few times and it, 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 the first few times it was a little overwhelming and surreal, but uh, we ended up, Brad Brown and I went on a, uh, a softball tournament. It's slow pitch. So the, the Habs do that. I don't know if they still do, but it was a lot of fun. So I go up early and train with Brownie, whatever we would do. I think that year we went over to Sweden. They would give the Habs were great. They'd give us money to train wherever we wanted, or they give us options, I guess. And we could pick. So Brad, Brad and I picked Sweden. Um, and we, we trained with Vasteras, V-A-S-T-E-R-A-S. And uh, Nick Lidstrom, it was his hometown. So we hung out with him a little bit. There was a guy on our team in Montreal, Peter Popovich. And uh, Tommy Salo, goalie. They, they were the pros. But those, those three guys were from Vasteras. Brownie and I went over to train with the local uh, pro team. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We got back, and so we'd get back. I mean, a lot of the training back then for us, we, we had to work on our skating, amongst other things. But that was, you know, so we would do it together. So point is, we just didn't, I, I, you know, I, I loved St. John's, but I tried to get back in the summer, and I always did. But it, it, those years, I didn't get back for long. We were, we were off to Montreal. I want a better place to be in the summer. I mean, come on. So, uh, you know, it might be like August, say, 5th. And they might say, guys, camp's coming up, so we got one more little softball tournament coming. You guys want to go? And it was slow pitch. We'd raise money for whatever local little community we went to, a couple of outlying places in Montreal, like Verdun. Uh, we're doing that. And then I think it was a place, St. Hubert, I, th I think. Um, Trois River, you know, we, we, we went, Sherbrooke, I believe, you know, we, we played these softball games. I guess I'm going to say, <sighs> I did it for, couple of weeks, two different seasons. I, and, and it was around August, you know, probably played a half dozen games each time. Uh, I got a jersey over there on the wall. It's cool. It's Montreal Canadiens, you know, softball, slow pitch jersey. And actually, it's uh, pretty unique. And I love it. Uh, oh, just one second. 
Hockey fans feel the action like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, I was going to say, so anyway, we, we went on these we played these games. I'm in my dad's basement. I move into my house uh, Friday, but I'm still going to be doing that. Doing it from here, by the way. Why not? It's uh, it feels right to do it in this basement. It's become legendary because of the company it's kept as much as anything. So uh, I like to do it down here. It gives me a hockey feel. Uh, anyway, we played these games. I remember being so nervous too. We were playing, and I play baseball. You know, you'd think I would want to go and slow pitch as a layup. I mean, you know, and I remember it was the baseball or the, the playing part of it, but I was just nervous to be around. The, I was nervous around, say, Yvonne Lambert, right, who owned a, he owned a restaurant in the rink, uh, Ovation, it was called. And, you know, guys like that. But you forget like these guys were all in on multiple cups. So, you know, there's 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 the legends that have their jerseys retired that a lot of them were there. And then there's the other guys that, we, you know, some of them were running our team. Uh, Mario Trombley was the coach at the time. He's one of them. He played in the uh, Rajon Hool came in uh, shortly after as GM. These guys were on the tour like it was. It was great. It was overwhelming from the point of view that these guys were all hockey legends. But we did have fun. I remember Brownie being so nervous. He struck out. I'll never forget that. Brad Brown, first round pick. People are cheering, you know, <laughs> expecting big things. And three pitches, and he whiffed on every one. One, one he didn't foul too often, strike the uh, miss the last one. Three times he missed the ball by a foot. I I don't know if I've seen it ever. Um, but that what well, that's how nervous we were because Brownie's a coordinated guy. But anyway, we'd have these conversations in the in the dugout, and uh, it was. You know, it was just seemed like a guy, friend talking to a friend. I, I almost feel bad saying that because he's a legend and it's not like I had him in my Rolodex. I didn't have Guido Fleur's number, but um, he just, yeah, he was cool. I remember him telling me about Chris Nyland. This was before I met Nyland and I really liked Nyland growing up in the 80s and really, you know, they say you form your heroes when you're like 9, 10, 11, 12. At least Stephen Brunt says that. And I've heard a lot of others say it since. I think Bob McKenzie touched on it once. Um well, like I was that age when uh, Chris Nyland was starring for the Habs and he could score a little bit, but he could, and he could fight, but he had over 20, you know, I really looked up to him as a player. People remember him as being a goon, but it wasn't the case at all, man. He was a hardworking third liner that scrapped people bigger than him. He was an underdog in most of them and he just a killer, you know, he's just a tough guy. Anyway, I loved it because Lafleur was telling me Nyland stories that I've since heard from Chris. But I remember being at ease and a couple times having to remind myself, this is Guy Lafleur, right? Like this is Guy Lafleur. 
Uh, I think he respected that I knew so much about the Habs, but it's because they were my favorite team. Honestly, like now I know about Dave Keon and Tim Horton and, you know, go back all the legends and Stan Makita and Bobby Orr and Bobby Hall. I, I know them all now, but at the time, right, I grew up a Habs fan. I'm only 18 or 19 here, right? So I didn't even, I, I didn't have time to absorb information until I was, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 to realize what the world, what was going on around me, to realize what the NHL even was. So I really didn't have a long period none of these kids do to really absorb a lot of information you know not always the best interview when you're that young so but i knew everything about gila fleur and the guys around me because i'm a huge habs fan so you know and without the days of the internet and everything else people forget that you really did you'll be there was the internet's one thing but social media you tend it t- tends to make the you tend to look inwards you know almost uh, or at these social media platforms um, to some degree, it, it's, it's, it's centered around your own decisions, your own persona. Each time you dive in, you're representing yourself. You're, but before social media, you come home and it's how are you going to spend your time? So we had the VHS and you couldn't, there was nothing on demand. So I had the VHS tapes I had were the Habs. I had full series burnt off, uh, recorded. You could record VHS to VHS back then. So, you know, all these great tournaments. I remember the the 72 and the, the 87 Canada Cup. The Habs winning in 86, their run. You know, I'd seen all of it a thousand times. Um, you know, and then we'd, we'd actually sit around and talk about it and, and play hockey card, play knockdowns, beat the shit out of the hockey cards, but we're playing them. And on the, on the hockey cards are all the stats, right? And you're looking back and we would incorporate games. If you don't know what knockdowns is, just check it out. But that's what we would do, right? And whoever won knockdowns got to keep the cards. So while we bashed the cards to shit from a collector's point of view, we, but we were collecting knowledge. That sounds very, uh, sounds like some old Chinese proverb, but we were collecting knowledge indirectly without even knowing it. Because, and sometimes we would say, well, you know, that, that we, we would base the cards on who had more points, what they were worth. Well, that's a Gretzky, but he had more goals than Marcel Dion. Or, uh, well, you know, I'd love that Chris Nyland card too, but uh, I don't know. Tim Kerr for Philadelphia had more goals. Uh, so then we would put in the system of like what, what fights meant. And we had this trading system. You know, we're talking grade three, four, five, six. So, but you were forced to know all the stats. You were forced to. Now, at times, I only collected Habs cards. I didn't want anything but Habs cards. And that was old. That was new. That was whatever. Even back then, you'd go around with cards that were like, you'd carry them to school. that were like five years old and still use them. And, and you know, that, that they, the, the art of collecting became all about, even for a 10-year-old now, it's about collecting and saving and making money. And, you know, there used to, used to be a go fuck it. Like, you know, there's bubble gum in these cards. Let's get the bubble gum and play knockdowns element to it. A more playful element. Kind of how it should be. But um, even there, you were collecting knowledge. So I knew all about the Habs. And I think they, specifically Mr. LaFleur, I'll call him. Um, feels weird to even call him Mr. LaFleur, doesn't it? Even though he should be called that. But anyway, it, it, it was just awesome. We had uh, a, a nice conversation. I'm sure he probably didn't remember, but I certainly did still do. 
And uh, when I was uh, 14, he came to Newfoundland. He was promoting a drink called Flower Power, kind of like Gatorade. And um, he came with my minor hockey team there. He, he had a meet and greet and uh, stayed with all of us and seemed like the uh, coolest cat on earth. So if I've told that story already, I apologize. And uh, if not, you know, Guy kind of deserves it anyway, or Mr. Lafleur, whatever you want to call him. Uh, one of the best hockey players ever on uh, one of the most iconic sports franchises in sports. Um, and as modest as he was talented. So to Guy Lafleur, thank you, my friend. And rest in peace. Now, on as to the playoffs, as I record this, one night of the playoffs has already happened. The Leafs won five zip. If you're an Oiler fan, what was Mike Smith doing? Uh, Carolina beat the Bruins. Oh, and St. Louis won. Mm. So, Leafs, I always say, you know, you, you, I spent the first part of yesterday doing these hockey pools, and you try to think logically, about, and, and it's just never, it's just a game of, it's, it's so fluid. Like, there's so, there's so many bounces and nuances, and any, anything really can happen, right? Now, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kyle Clifford gives them a... a free pass he takes a penalty right off the start of the game right after a five minute major and he's out i know what he was thinking they do have to mix it up but that was stupid it was a penalty in any league so <clears throat> tampa bay doesn't do anything with it i mean I, I think the leaps outshot them on the penalty kill for that particular start of the game penalty and that was huge momentum but you don't really see that coming right now tampa or tampa one little bounce is different, and they get that Stamkos missing open net that was later in the game. But they they score on that power play. It's a five it's a, a five minute power play, so they could have gotten three goals. I mean, they didn't. They didn't get any. They barely got any chances. But if one goes in, it changes the game. And the butterfly effect, different stuff happens. Vasilevsky's an unreal goalie. Still, just whatever happened led to a series of events that the Leafs kept getting momentum. They kept killing penalties, get momentum, and then it would be a big hit. Um, and the fans were ready for it. I mean, I've seen lots of games in the Air Canada Center, but playoff games are different. The Leafs were chanting right off the bat. It more resembled a European soccer game last night, which is great. As soon as Matthews gets on the ice, they're chanting MVP, which is as much, in my mind, uh, it boosts Matthews' kind of demeanor and confidence and positive vibe and aura out there. And there's something to that, uh, as it does kind of remind the other team, you know? Yeah, you guys are the Stanley Cup champs, but you're in our division. And this guy right here had 60 goals. I know you've got one on your team that used to get that, but he got 17 less than that this year. Move over, Steven Stamkos, because we got the MVP, MVP. You know, there's something to that. You might laugh if you've never been in the situation, but 20,000 people chanting and happy. And, you know, I, I love that Soupy Campbell, Jack Campbell. I mean, who knows what will happen? I, I'm rooting for him. Um because no, no one wants to see a team disappoint like they did last year. That weighs on people's minds. They're, 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 Campbell seems like he worked hard at it. 
rough couple months, but uh, played awesome. And those, you know, the fans soup, 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 right? That, that every time that that those little, those little things really go a long way to boosting the energy of the game. And if you keep getting momentum, and of course, on top of those kills, getting a goal, then shorthanded goal. I mean, everything went right, but it's a Tampa Bay Lightning, right? All signs would say now, oh my God, leaps way, they destroyed him, five nothing, you know, sweep, order the rings, but not quite. Uh, you, you you don't get too high, things are going well, and you, and you don't get too low when things are are uh, not going so well. But for if you're a Leafs fan, I'm saying this, focusing on the Leafs here in Edmonton in this short little uh, snippet because they're the Canadian teams uh, and most listeners are from Canada still. Um, I think, you know, the, the fact that Marner, Matthews both got on the board like real early because those things, if, if one thing I've always been big on is that, or, or hoping, whatever team I'm on or the team I root for, it could be whatever sport, but let's obviously it's hockey playoffs. Let's focus on that. You want to see these guys have big games. You don't want to see them start thinking too much, right? Same thing in Edmonton. McDavid and Drysettle, the guys that are supposed to do it, Matthews Marner, for the most part, there's obviously Tavares, uh, Riley, Nylander, I can go down the list. I can go out on the other list and Bouchard and Nurse. And, but I'm just saying, both teams have dynamic duo A and dynamic duo B. So if you're a Canadian hockey fan, that to me would, I would be, even though the Oilers even lost, I, I, w- I would be, that would be a something very positive to build off of. Because as you see, Leafs fans, remember, uh, remember Mitch Marner last year, the longer he went without scoring and the more questions that were in the paper the next day. I know they say they don't read them. I don't buy that or on the radio or whatever it might be, or on the podcast that the, 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 when the topic just is, even though you say you're not listening to it, when the topic is on your scoring or lack of, and you're making all this money, you put yourself in that position, right? I love Mariner. He's my, one of my favorite players to watch, if not my favorite, but you know, you take a million dollars less and you're doing the team per season, right? But you, so you, whatever pressures there, you've created that yourself. Uh, and you knew, but I still don't like Seager because if they get through, by the way, he's worth it, right? If they keep losing in the first round, they're not worth it, but I don't believe that they're going to. I'm not just saying that because it was five, nothing. Now I'll finish my thought for Marner and Matthews to get on the board. It's just a monkey off the back. And you want those guys playing flu- fluid. You want to play them fluent or uh, you don't want them thinking too much, right? You want them rolling with the punches. You want them confident. You want them in the zone. And if they score right off the bat, McDavid goal that McDavid goal that he scored was brilliant. A couple of great passes. Drysdale gets on the board, right? So even though the boys lost, that's nice because the longer these guys go without scoring, if it's game three, that's how much of a leash there is. Not much. Mariner last year until the game four or, or the final game. Game seven, I guess. There were times, man, he was squeezing his stick, but I thought he was working hard. But he starts thinking, right, jumping at guys, trying to hit them and, you know, blocking every shot, which is good. But you could tell that he was thinking about it. He was going out of his way like Yamamoto last night a couple of times. The boys came out on fire. You'd rather have him make mistakes out of nervous energy, I guess, than being lazy. But a couple of times you were like, Jesus, like, 
relax. You know, you got a series to play here. Um, but anyway, for me, always, especially as an athlete, you know, I've been in that position that I love starting the playoffs with a point or two and, and hopefully a goal. Don't mean to be selfish, but the team will do better off. If I'm one of the ones they're riding, then trust me, boys. Like if I score, I'm, I'm going to get in the rhythm and you're all going to be better because of it. I don't care if it's empty net either. It doesn't matter how it goes in. You just got to get on the board and get rid of that goose egg because it can haunt you. It can play tricks with your brain. So I would be really, um, I'd be happy with that if I was a fan searching for a word. I'd just be happy. I'd be happy with that, right? I mean, A, the fucking playoffs are started. What a time. And uh, B, wherever you are, I'm guessing your team, if they're in, even if they're not, isn't it great to have all these fans back? You know, like Edmonton last night was rocking. Imagine the last couple of years, like most of the, a lot of these buildings with nobody in it. Nobody. Like the Leafs Habs last year. I remember watching that with nobody in the building. How much it changes, you know? And I stayed up. I, um, Helped analyze the game with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick this morning. For their, so I watched uh, the, whole, the entire Oilers game as well. I went to bed at about four o'clock. So we're three and a half hours ahead of Alberta. Uh, but with the Oilers, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, everybody's going to talk about Mike Smith. It, yes, it baffles me too that someone, the oldest player in the, one of the oldest in the league, the oldest in that game, 40 years old, that got out and consciously made that decision. He did what he was going to do. It's not like he fell down and the puck squirked out front. He looked up as a goalie, again, as a goalie, in the NHL playoffs, behind the net, the puck on his stick, tried to hit a player, knowing there's all kinds of traffic in front of him. It's not like someone snuck out, you know, from under a rock. Oh, there they are. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that if it gets picked off, it's in the net. He does it anyway. Makes a spectacular save, but within five seconds, it's in the net. He deserved every bit of that. So how do you look at that? Uh, I thought the, I thought the game was what it was, the Edmonton game now I'm talking about. Uh, you know, people were saying that there was I, I, I've heard everything. I heard it was sloppy. Okay, let's just take the word sloppy. But I kind of expected that because the Kings have a lot of rookies and they're an underdog. I don't think they expected to make the playoffs as much as Edmonton did. I could be wrong with that, but at least during the final stretch, that's the case. Edmonton have the obvious elephant in the room here in the form of two of arguably the best players on the planet. If they're not one and two, you know, they're two of the best players on the planet. And I think unanimous number one, right? So I figured it was going to be sloppy. The, the fact that Edmonton has two of those players, I think they'll come out in the end, and I still do. Uh, but 
you know, L.A. had all those have a lot of young players, not just rookies. And I mean, I counted five on the ice, but people in their second year that haven't been in the playoffs uh, or people that were in their fourth year that had one series, but were healthy scratched because it's a different world. You know, it's a different world. Rick Nash was like, remember, like 12 years in before he played a playoff game. And the first one, he looked nervous. That's just the way it goes. So and the Oilers, while not quite as green, definitely with more pressure on them. And, you know, a lot of those guys playoff experience is in an empty arena, in a bubble. So the emotions would have been like at an all-time high for half the people on the ice, right? So, of course, it's going to be a bit sloppy, but it was energetic. No? I thought it was, yeah, you know, at times there was, it was sloppy, but it was playoff. It was playoff hockey, meaning I could tell the intensity had certainly been ramped up by both teams. Now, of course, there were mistakes, but thought for the most part they played hard of the four teams I've mentioned so far I thought Tampa Bay really did look lackluster at times but of of the four teams the one team that I think can come back with a completely different game more than any of the other ones is Tampa Bay and give me a reason not to think that they won two Stanley Cups in a row the Bruins Carolina game I didn't see all of I only saw the highlights it kind of surprised me Judging by the highlights, the Bruins, I'm not going to say unlucky, but they uh, they seem to run into a bit of a hot goaltender. And uh, as far as St. Louis, Minnesota, I have Minnesota in one of my pools going uh, going pretty deep. Well, it's got players picked off Minnesota, so you would assume that I, I'm assuming they're going to go third or fourth round. But I uh, figured that as much, though. St. Louis continue, even though they won the Cup, like, what, three, four years ago, which isn't that long ago. They got a lot of the same players. They have the same crazy fans. They have uh, two-way players. They have seem to have a good team chemistry and coach. So, I mean, there, there you go. That, that series is an example. If you told me Minnesota or St. Louis got to the final, I'd believe it. But one's going to get knocked off in the first round. If you told me Toronto or, or Tampa Bay made the, would make the final, I'd believe it. But, but one's going to be knocked off in the first round. And I'm not sure. i got to look into that, you know. And especially now, uh, it was nice to get on with Struts and Ryan Rashog and, and do a little hit out west. Um. I believe it was Rashog's podcast, Got Your Back podcast. Um, it, it was nice to do that and analyze the game. But as I watched the game, or, or games, um, I was reminded a few times about the playoff format. People were talking about it, and I, I never really looked too far into it. And as I speak with you now, I just did a quick glance earlier, but I never really thought about it. I just, I, and I should, I mean, I'm involved in the game, but I, I never go on and analyze the game, right? I just do this. I come on, I talk, I watch the, oh, 
if remember the other night I was thinking, okay, if, if Boston wins, Toronto might play Boston, but it didn't make sense to me that Toronto have like Toronto or, or Tampa as an example, this happens. One of them are going to be knocked off and they were both in the top 10 of the league. It doesn't make sense to me. It used to be eighth place, first, seventh place, second, sixth place, third. And I think it kind of should. If you want the reward system that, you know, the, the, the sim simplest reward system there can be being, you know, 16 teams make the playoffs, eight on each side. If you work really, really hard and you finish first, you get to play the team that of these eight are the worst. Is is that too easy? It hasn't been like that, I know, for like 20 years, but and I don't know the specifics, so I'm not going to comment. But you know what I mean? There's like winning the division and wild card, and then one division is won by this team, then they get to play the... I mean, it shouldn't be like trying to solve the Pythagorean theorem. There's 16 teams in the playoffs. No matter what way you're slicing it, there's 16 teams. If you want to have a play-in or something like basketball, go ahead. But I'm saying once it starts, 16 teams. Now, the answer could be obvious, and I'm sitting here talking to you like a first-class buffoon. And if that's the case, apologies. I just don't think so. I think... If I knew more about scheduling and the actual rules of the game I talk about, I could present a good point right now. But uh, no matter what you tell me, I don't understand how teams that are both worked hard all year and are in the top third of the league would have to play each other first and you know there's a, little, a few of those it didn't used to be like that though so there is I, I will say that like you know we talk about our formative years I'd be 10 years old watching like the Oilers get in the final they would crush teams in the first round. like nobody came out of that first round only the favorites so there is more parity I mean there was no salary cap or anything either right look back at some of those teams Oh, you guys are already pretty good. Need Messier? Okay. What about Glenn Anderson? You know what? Essateek and it'll be a good pickup. Sure. Uh, a lot less money being made, though. What else was I going to talk about? Um, actually, you know what? I'll leave it there. Tomorrow... I'm either going to have, I got my buddy Brendan Brooks. I was going to have Aaron Asham on or senior, maybe do a little bit, elaborate on some of the playoffs. Maybe we'll get senior on and talk about his picks. Uh, I got a lot of press to do for Shorzy. I'm gone on Sunday, Monday, I believe to Toronto. And then on the Thursday, Friday, I got to go to Montreal. So that whole, that whole, then that's usually a bit of a whirlwind. I'm going to take some books with me and try to kill two birds with one stone and do some book signings. So stay tuned. Check me out on Instagram, Terry Ryan, 2020 on uh, Twitter, Terry Ryan 20. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, just check the stories and I'll just drop some notes where I'll be, what I'll be doing, but uh, I'll be back and forth. So I'm going to record. We're going to have uh, an episode tomorrow for you or uh, Thursday, 
I'm just not sure who it's going to be yet. I'm not sure. I might pre-record four or five and just uh, kind of drop those, time them. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to be pretty busy for a while. But I like to be current, and it's the playoffs. So just stay tuned, okay? I'll do what I can. Time is opening up as as the podcast gains followers, sponsors, and momentum. Time is opening up a little more than it used to. Uh True hockey sticks and hockey gear. Check it out. I'm uh, I'm a believer. I liked it anyway. I reached out and my character in the show, Ted Hitchcock, I, I use a uh, or he uses true equipment and a true hockey stick. So uh, I said, you know what? I'll try it when I come home. It's always been there. I've only had the, the odd time I've used the stick, but I got to be honest. I got the gloves. Got the, I got the whole outfit. Uh, helmets on the way. The pants are on the way, but I got the gloves the stick and I absolutely absolutely love them I'm not just saying it but this wasn't a case of them recruiting me I reached out and said you know what I'd like to work with you guys and uh, so for that reason like really check it out because it's a preference it's not an obligation um, Kodiak THC and CBD cream is great uh my buddy Merle, they're, uh, the company's just getting off the ground, meaning that uh, I started advertising for them, but they don't officially open for another month. But if you want, uh, I, can, I can definitely hook you up with some product. Uh, Wedgwood Cafe, check it out if you're in town, catering as well. Elizabeth Avenue, Peter Wedgwood, one of the great guys, one of the great chefs in town, and definitely one of the great characters. I'll see him this weekend. I can't wait. We have a few beers on Saturday night at Chris Sparks Diaper Party. Another legend. TJ's downtown. Greensleeves downtown, uptown. TJ's, the Rob Roy, Bull and Barrel, and Trinity Pub. Those places are where people ask me, like, where are you going to be downtown? Look, those are my buddy's places. That's where I go. I might go over to Merchant Tavern or Blue on Water for a bite to eat. But as far as George Street, those are the bars. I mentioned them because the boys have been unbelievable to me over the years. And uh, I feel like I should. But, uh, you know, I get the question all the time. Hey, T-Bone, where are you going to be? Well, if I'm at George Street, guys, I'm at Greensleeves. I'm at TJ's. I'm at the Bull and Barrel. I'm at Trinity Pub. And sometimes the Rob Roy. That's where I am. Uh, that's where my buddies are. Check it out. Check out all the small businesses. Give, give them your support. We're off and running now as... as uh, Brian Hayes would say on overdrive, we're off and running. But what I mean is that uh, a lot of light at the end. I don't mean to disrespect anybody who's still going down with COVID. And that, you know, it can be rough, but uh, I just mean we're off and running. It's the fucking spring. The playoffs are started. People are jammed in. We're humans again. We don't have to fucking wear masks. We can do whatever we want. We can go dance. We can watch hockey. We can yell. We can cheer. We can make out. We can do whatever the hell we want to do. So that's exciting to me. And, uh, but there was a lot of people that made it, you know, we all, a lot of us had to deal with stuff, but, uh, I didn't have to lose a business, you know, a lot of, and, and some people that did, it was no fault of their own. And they were hanging on by tooth and nail by the skin of their teeth. And now we can finally go buy shit again. So go out and buy something local for fuck's sakes. 
This has been Tales with TR episode 101A. Tune again, tune in again in a couple days. Guarantee you I'll have an interesting guest. We'll talk about the playoff shores. He's coming up May 13th on Crave, May 27th on Hulu. Join me, Ted Hitchcock, Shorzy, and the rest of the cast for the best new hockey show on the go. See you in a couple days. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been Tales with TR.